What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. Well, I grew up in Iran during a challenging time. It was post-Islamic revolution and during the war. Um, I grew up with a family that they're open-minded. My mom is an author, but because of what happened uh, during the revolution, she was in a very deep depression. So she was almost absent during our my childhood years. That's Dr. Nazanin Ma'ali. She told me that because of her mom's struggles and near absence, she didn't really get any information at all about sex or sexuality. She did come upon an erotica series her mother owned, though, and she was intrigued, but also perplexed. Growing up in a uh, country that was more conservative, I got lots of negative messaging around sex and sex before marriage and even sexuality for women. So it was very confusing. In one hand, I was getting this access to this very tasteful erotic material, and I was getting very negative messaging around sex at school and uh, society. So it was definitely very confusing. Is there or was there at the time any formal sex ed class in Iran? No, unfortunately. So it's not, it's an extreme abstinence based approach, right? The idea is you don't want to even think about sex before marriage. And you hear all of these horror stories about uh, what can happen if you masturbate, what can happen if, if you have a premarital sex. And I was such a good student that I was internalizing all of those uh, messaging, which, which was tough and it was conflicting for me. Masturbation, she learned, is perverted and bad for your health. You would go to hell for doing it. And good girls, they don't even think about sex. It was just so confusing because you discover your body. It's pleasurable. On the other hand, you feel like, why, why am I thinking about this? So that was really tough. From early on, I was connected with my sexuality. I, I was kind of like I discovered there's part of me that's free and I want to uh, have sex. And I, I kind of valued that part of me. But there was this other messaging that was going on that good girls, they don't think about sex. Uh, this is perverted. She moved here to the United States as a teenager, where she tried to separate herself from those negative ideas. At the time, I was very disconnected with my body. I was thinking about, okay, these are the messages. I'm just going to put it away, and I'm going to be whoever I am now. And I was always kind of conflicted about this part of me. Dr. Ma'ali is now a psychologist, publisher, researcher, and the host of the Sexology podcast in addition to a similar Farsi podcast. Much of her work focuses on helping people improve their sex lives and restore or achieve passionate connections, a far cry from what she learned about early on. Those mixed messages she received about sex are not what led her into this work, though. Well, sort of, but not directly. She told me she was in grad school for psychology when she started experiencing sexual challenges. And what happened, I was in a relationship and out of blue, sex became painful. 
when I first noticed that it was at, at the point of penetration and it was really, really painful. It almost felt like my entire body was clamming up. And it was just so shocking and surprising for me because that wasn't an issue that I had before. Uh, granted that I didn't know that sex shouldn't be painful at all. So I, I'm thinking, reflecting back, I wonder there was times that sex was uncomfortable or mildly painful. And I was assuming that was enough. And being disconnected with my body, I didn't may perhaps notice it when it was very extreme and almost at some point penetration was impossible. That happens a lot, by the way, especially for people with a vulva. I've heard from several folks who told me that women in their lives, their mom, a sister, an aunt, told them that discomfort and pain, they're just part of sex. But unless pain is part of a kink or turn-on, something you want and experience pleasure from, sex should never cause pain. For Dr. Maali, Painful penetration and feeling unable to even have sex affected a lot more than sex itself. It transformed how I was perceiving myself because I was thinking, oh God, I'm someone that, that likes sex. It's part of my identity. And my body kind of tells me no. And you know, when you have bad experiences around kind of sexual encounters, your desire get impacted because if you're going like maybe once or twice, if you have bad experiences, that's okay. Everyone at times there's struggle. But if you continue to have pain during sex and you're trying to muscle through it, because you think that if you if you do that, that's that's going to go away, that really impacts your desire to want to have sex. It was impacting my identity. It was impacting my relationship. What happens is at times when you're struggling in the bedroom, if we're not really tackling the issue, it's going to bleed out of the bedroom. So we started having tons of conflicts outside the bedroom, and that, that also impacted our relationship. You know, I was confused. I was sad at the beginning. I, was, I wasn't even bringing it up that much with my partner. I was like, you know, I'm just going to pretend this is not happening. And uh, he noticed, of course he noticed. It was like, honey, what's happening? And then I started to search for solutions. Soon, she realized she was far from alone in her lack of information about sex. Even her trusted gynecologist seemed unaware. Rather than addressing her symptoms in a comprehensive way, he gave her relationship advice. And he said, honey, perhaps you don't want to be with him anymore. And I was confused. I was like, I'm with this person for all these years. Why now? So and then I went to another person who was a nurse practitioner and she was so lovely. But she said, you know, just have a couple glasses of wine and uh, it's going to be uh, more comfortable. And I can see what she meant, but I didn't want to dull my senses all the time. And if you're someone that with high desire, I don't want to uh, develop, I didn't want to develop a substance use problem. Uh, and then I went to my a couple's therapist that I found. And uh, the suggestion was that kind of like work on the relationship, improve it and sex going to get better, which again, that wasn't the case neither. I mean, we, our relationship was good enough. And the issue around sexuality was the issue around sexuality. So it wasn't until I went to a sex therapist that I, I was able to see what was happening. 
Dr. Maali said that working with this sex therapist completely changed her life. She helped her see the impact of the negative messages she received as a child and why her attempt to sort of run away from it all was working against her. And I thought I could just separate myself from them without processing them, without honoring them, without being curious about it. And it was a way of my body saying, no, we're not, we're not doing this. Like we have to resolve this issue. So she helped me to see that. She helped me to understand more about my body and my arousal. And instead of getting frustrated with my body, which I see many women that are struggling with uh, painful penetration struggle with, is kind of thinking of your body is your enemy, kind of seeing it as a friend that has a message for me. So I think that was also very powerful. Were you surprised by that being such a factor that it had so much to do with these messages? Absolutely. I thought, okay, this is something that was then and this is now and I'm not that person. But what's interesting that some of these stories, ideas and beliefs are so deep rooted and they're with us unless we are exploring them. So I was very shocked and surprised. I was surprised at how much our mind and body are connected. So things that we are thinking about absolutely impacting our pleasure. It's impacting our sexuality. So that was definitely a revelation. Dr. Maali told me she went from starting to think that she was defective, that maybe she wasn't meant to be sexual after all, or that maybe sex isn't really that important, to being able to enjoy sex again and embrace adventurousness in the bedroom, thanks to that work she did in sex therapy. It wasn't until I really leaned into her approach to her messaging, started exploring that and being curious about my body that I gradually saw some changes. And the more that I was seeing, of course, like this is impactful, I started doing more of the exercises and uh, that was also very powerful. With the level of painful sex Dr. Maali was experiencing, she said an interdisciplinary approach was needed, which is often the case. But working with that sex therapist, she said it helped her open up to the idea of working with other helpful professionals, too. Now, years and many efforts later, Dr. Maali is in a much better place with her sexuality, and she helps others get to a similar place. She said that sexual pain related to damaging messages is unfortunately really common in her practice, which includes many Middle Eastern clients with conservative backgrounds. And it's surprising to many women to learn that sex is not supposed to be painful at all, unless you wanted it to be kind of kind of some kind of inflicting pain. If it's painful, then perhaps you need to make adjustment. Uh, When I talk about this with my clients, they get shocked and surprised. So I would say like more than half of my practice are women that are working through this issue. More than half. Wow. And that matches up with various studies. One, cited by Harvard Public Health, showed that one quarter to one half of postmenopausal people experience unwanted pain during sex. And negative messaging isn't the only cause. I know there can be many contributing factors. The messaging has to be a huge one. Uh, What are some of the other factors that you see playing into sexual pain? One other factor is when there is a history of trauma. 
Uh, not all the cases that people are struggling with painful sex, people have traumatic experiences, but I've certainly seen it with clients that they have unresolved uh, trauma. The other cases that I see at times are women that they had some kind of injury, like pelvic floor injury, and they, they sometimes they don't put two and two together, because we don't think about, okay, if I had an injury, it impacts my sexual health. Those clients, Dr. Maali refers to a pelvic floor specialist, sometimes to pair with therapy. The other type of clients that they are struggling with is that are women with low desire and their body is not ready for penetration yet. One reason couples might go straight to penetration, she pointed out, is the way sex is usually portrayed in mainstream porn which isn't meant to be educational, but it can seem that way when you don't really hear or see much else. We're seeing like maybe like two to five minutes of uh, some kind of a foreplay and people move quickly to penetration uh, and our bodies are not ready. For most women, it takes somewhere around 20 to 30 minutes to be really ready for penetration. So when our body is not ready, we might experience painful penetration. Aging can also play a role in painful sex, especially around midlife or menopause, because of changes in the body and hormones. It doesn't mean that sex needs to be painful or going to be painful, but it requires some adjustment at times. Dr. Maali pointed out that medications like certain antidepressants and allergy medications can also impact sexual function, and they can lead to pain by causing symptoms like low desire or vaginal dryness. If you have a penis, Pyrone's disease, growths, and erectile dysfunction can all cause pain. If you are experiencing sexual pain, regardless of the cause, Dr. Maali wants you to know first and foremost that you are not broken, and there is reason to hope. I, I want them to know that they're not defective. Uh, it's my experience that anyone who want to have satisfying experiences, sexual experiences, they will be able to have that. And people's sexual health is important. So my invitation for people, if they are noticing pain, is going to think about, is it sudden or it's, it was present for, for a while? So that's important. It's important to talk to your partner about it. I, I think one thing that was challenging for me that I wanted to hide it. And that kind of hiding it, it's impacting the relationship. And also it gets in the way of making adjustment. Sometimes it could be as easy as talking to our partner, adjusting the positions because some positions are uncomfortable and adding lubrication, like lubricant if your body is not ready. Uh, because sometimes what I see is people have a couple of bad experiences and they don't talk about it with the partner and it can turn to this negative feedback loop. So they, they kind of like, they get scared, they kind of predict, they catastrophize that painful sex will happen and that on its own impacting their experiences. So definitely talk to your partner, use loop. And if the issue continues to happen, go to your doctor, like perhaps your gynecologist, or if you're seeing a, a therapist, talk to them about it and emphasize that my sexual health is important for me. This is painful. Can you help me? If not, can you refer me to someone? What would be your advice for someone who's the partner of someone experiencing the pain? Well, I think it's important to know that most of the time it's not about the relationship. Of course, relationship can play a role, but it's not about you. 
because what can impact the relationship and kind of like this dynamic is when the partner personalized that message that I'm doing something wrong, or I did something to my partner, and now she's struggling. Uh, You can be their ally. My invitation for people is to perhaps then take a pause from having intercourse. There's so many exciting outer course and other form of sex that you can have that can be exciting and fulfilling. But if you're forcing, like pressuring your partner or kind of like thinking about that, this is something that if we're doing it, kind of continue doing it, it's going to go away. That will just contribute to making the problem worse. When one of these challenges crops up, something like painful penetration, really most any sexual issue, it can feel less important than other aspects of your life, especially if you haven't learned much about pleasure or sexuality. It's never too late, though, to start shifting that perspective. Our sexual health is part of our overall health. So if you have a broken leg and you can fix it, you wouldn't say, you know, I'm just going to go live my life with a broken leg and not fixing it. I understand it can be, as you mentioned, confusing and frustrating and at times expensive to tackle it. And it's one of those issues that there are not necessarily one single answer. Like sometimes perhaps when there's desire issues, people think if I take a pill, which is never that simple, but it's going to go away. But with painful intercourse, it's important to kind of invest in your health and absolutely it's worth it because when we are sexually happier and more satisfied, uh, we are more creative, we are more productive and our relationship with self and others are more enriched and uh, more powerful. I don't necessarily say that, that you need to have good penetrative sex to have good sexual experiences, but you need to be able to repair this relationship with your body so you will be able to show up for the experiences that you want to have in life. Dr. Maali said it was completely transformative for her to really lean into her own sexual self and repair that relationship. She said it's a common myth that only shallow people invest in their sexuality. On the contrary, it's worth every effort. Because feeling more integrated in these ways can change nearly all aspects of your life. And when you're sexually happier, you will be a better person, right? Like you, your experiences would be different. Your relationship will be different. Uh, so if you are trying to suppress that part of your, uh, yourself, you're pretty much suppressing a lot of parts. So sex is never sexual self. It's not only about sex. It's about pleasure. It's about connecting with life. Learn more from Dr. Nazanin Maali by listening to her weekly podcast, Sexology. She told me she started it because of the lack of evidence-based scientific sex education. Learn more or start listening by heading to sexologypodcast.com or click the link down in the show notes. One really fun way to better embrace your sexual self is by bringing toys, lube, or both to the mix. There is still time to check out the Pride Collection at The Pleasure Chest. To see a whole range of vibrant options for all genders and genitalia and relationship styles, visit thepleasurechest.com. Again, that's thepleasurechest at thepleasurechest.com. So what if another kind of pain is bringing changes to your sex life? 
This week's listener question came from Bev, who wrote this. My husband had back surgery after an accident, and while he is expected to make a full recovery, there is a long road of rehab and PT ahead of us. We are one of those couples who love what some might refer to as basic sex, him or me on top, and it has always been amazing. We were only told to wait X number of days before any sexual activity and then to proceed with caution. Not entirely sure what that means and curious if you have advice regardless. Bev, you are awesome. I love that you're asking this. Here is what Dr. Megan Fleming of GreatLifeGreatSex.com had to say. I am so glad to hear your husband is expected to make a full recovery. Along those lines, know that you both are committed and have a lifetime together, so there's no need to rush recovery. Intimacy is something you can be nurturing daily. It's about slowing down for those moments of connection, sharing appreciations, dreaming of future vacations, or even just holding and caressing one another. Recovery times vary greatly based on the kind of back surgery. It can take six months for a backbone to heal. A laminectomy or a disectomy may get better in 12 weeks, while a spinal fusion can take eight months to a year to fully heal. So your husband can definitely ask questions around readiness to both his surgeon and his physical therapist, whom I'm assuming he's going to be working with on a weekly basis. Mostly, you're generally ready to be having sex when you feel like you're ready to be having sex. The key is to take it slow. It may be a while before he's comfortable in missionary because that actually takes a lot of strength and physical exertion. And your being on top may be great as long as he's not feeling too much pressure on his spine. I'd also have you consider trying side by side or perhaps he's sitting on a chair and you're straddling him while he has sort of the back support. Definitely keep in mind the potential role of pillows and wedges, which also can be great for both back support and comfort. As I always say, our biggest sex organ is our mind, but our biggest organ is our skin, head to toe. So it's a great opportunity to explore central massage and basic tantra practices. You might also enjoy mutual masturbation. All I can say is take your time, be creative, and explore all the ways outside of penetrative sex until he's ready. You can both give and receive pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Megan. I love what she said about taking things slow and using pillows for support. Comfort is a very underrated aspect of really awesome sex. Checking in with each other as you play can be really important too. I could also see this as a time to experiment with new things to see what you enjoy. You could use a yes-no maybe list, which we've talked about here before, or just jot down activities that you might like to try that aren't likely to cause back strain. Things like side-by-side solo play, supported doggy style, and taking turns with oral in careful positions. Then you could either just go down the list or you could pull out an idea, maybe out of a jar, each time you're going to have sex. Worst case, whatever you pick, maybe it's not your favorite. And that's okay. You still get to do fun things like kissing and learn more about your bodies and what's happening. And sometimes the laughable experiences too, if you try something and it's just a little strange, I think that can be a really bonding and fun experience too. The novelty alone can also be fun. I'm wishing you and your husband well as he heals, Bev. If you have a question you would like answered on the show, please reach out. You can also ask me just about anything by joining my Patreon community. The Ask Me Anything reward has been especially popular. I basically keep my DMs open. Once you join, you can also get access to bonus segments, prize drawings, and more, all while helping to support this show and my mission. Thank you so much to everyone who has joined me there so far. I get so excited and 
surprised. Every time someone joins, it just feels like such a big, big deal. I really cherish every ounce of support and the community that we are building there. You can also support the show by leaving a rating and review and telling your friends about it. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. <laughs>